20 years ago, the world was revolutionized. A thousand songs in your pocket? That's how it was first marketed. The Apple iPod changed everything. I'm not exaggerating. First came iPod, then came iPhone. The world has never been the same. iPod that released 20 years ago cost about 400 US dollars. It was just over 5 gigabytes of memory. Compare that to the average iPhone today, sporting over 200 gigabytes of storage. A thousand songs? That's what could fit on the iPod, but now Apple has announced they're discontinuing the portable music device. Sales have been consistently down ever since the iPhone came out. It's hard to imagine our world if the iPod didn't release, though. In a much more significant way, Christ has changed the world as well. He didn't need marketing, and he doesn't need software updates. His love opened the door for anyone to find grace. It's impossible to imagine our world without Christ. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus, and this is a program called Sing a New Song. Something else was released for the first time 20 years ago. You could have put it on your brand new 5 gigabyte iPod. And just like the iPod, it started small. But now you can find it on the radio and in churches all over the world. I'm thinking, of course, about In Christ Alone, written by Keith and Kristen Getty, along with Stuart Townen. The hymn sounds like it's a classic from hundreds of years ago, but it's only been with us 20 years. And it really started the modern hymn movement. We can be thankful for that. God has been using men and women all over the world to write new songs with deep, Christ-centered lyrics. Songs that help us worship Jesus in church or on our own. Singing, it's a powerful weapon against the powers of darkness. And we need these songs more now than ever. But more than that, we need to worship our great God. In Christ Alone is a song that helps us do both. It turns us to the Lord. It reminds us that our security is found in Him, that salvation is found in Christ alone. And when we hear this wonderful good news, how can we do anything except sing praises to the Lord? So after the program, I'd like to send you Keith and Kristen's new album, reflecting on the last 20 years, called Sing in Christ Alone filled with many of their modern hymns, along with those written by other modern hymn writers like Matt's Papa and Laura's Story. This album will move you to worship our great God as you listen. You just need to call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And if you want to hear samples from Sing in Christ Alone, the CD, you can do that when you visit haventoday.org haventoday.org. And now let's open the program with the Gettys, Matt Boswell, Matt Papa, and Shane and Shane.
new Sing album released with the Gettys. That's almost home. Here in this haven today called Sing a New Song. I'm Charles Morris. All week we've been talking about singing and hopefully you've been singing too. When we sing, our hearts are raised to the Lord and he meets us where we are. But it's not always easy to sing, is it? We all go through seasons of hardship, times in our lives when the last thing we feel like doing is singing. Now, there's not a person I can think of who knew what that was like more than Horatio Spafford. He was a Chicago businessman in the late 1800s. He was a Christian. He and his wife, Anna, had been blessed with five children. But then in 1871, his son died of pneumonia. Later that same year, the great Chicago fire that took out much of the city also destroyed his business. Tragedy. Over the next years, Horatio was able to rebuild his business. It was flourishing once again. In 1873, the Spafford family was set to visit Europe, leaving the East Coast on a French ocean liner, the Villa du Havre. It was a large ship, carrying over 300 passengers across the Atlantic on their way to Europe. Horatio had to stay behind in Chicago to solve an unexpected business issue. That left Anna and their four daughters on board the ship. Horatio would come later, only Horatio would never make it to Europe with his four daughters. The ship collided with a Scottish iron ship. Anna got on her knees and prayed to the Lord to save her and their four little girls. 
But then this ship sank, taking the four daughters with it. Anna was the only survivor. As soon as she was able and got to the other side, she telegrammed her husband, Horatio. The telegram was a simple question. Saved alone, what shall I do? Horatio later framed this telegram. What shall I do? That's a question we've all asked in our moments of desperation, our moments of loss. What am I supposed to do now? It seems like the entire world has been taken away from me. Anna was devastated. Pastor, who spoke with Anna afterward, recalled her saying, God gave me four children. Now he's taken them away. Someday I will understand why. I don't know if she ever did, but this tragedy inspired one of the greatest hymns I've ever heard. Horatio Spafford got the news. His heart was broken, but in his brokenness, the Lord met him, and he was able to write these words. When peace, like a river, attendeth my way, when sorrows, like sea billows, roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. The sea billows were the cause of his sorrow. His daughters lost at sea, yet in his deep sadness Horatio was able to find strength to say, it is well. Tragedy, loss, sadness, song. This was Horatio's life. Singing isn't always a celebration on a joyful occasion. Sometimes it comes through weeping. And no matter where you are today, whether grieving in a pit of despair or on the mountaintop, I hope you can join with Horatio in singing to the Lord. Horatio Spafford found that his only joy was in the Lord. That singing in the middle of the tragedy can be a faithful response. To rest in the security of Christ and to proclaim it as well. That's what singing does. It points us back to the Lord and to the grace and hope that we have in Him. When we sing to the Lord and remember all that He has done, we remember the future we have in Christ, that one day we will be with Him, singing praises to His name forever. One day we will sing a new song with all of creation. The Apostle John wrote a letter about the end, Revelation. In it, he saw glorious visions of Christ and his final coming, but he also saw a praise session, and he described the scene for us in Revelation 5. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders. The lamb had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He went and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. It's a vivid scene there. Revelation 5, John saw a lot going on, but there are three details in this scene that show us the glory of Christ. The first is who John saw, a lamb, and not just any lamb, a lamb looking as if it had been slain. 
Remember what happened at the end of John's Gospel? Jesus showed Thomas the holes in his hand, the hole in his side. His body still had the scars of the crucifixion even after his resurrection. This is what John saw, too, in the Revelation. A lamb, but a lamb with scars from sacrifice. Powerful image. A reminder that our Savior died, but didn't remain dead. His body still has the scars. Eternal marks that remind us of his love. But this isn't just a normal lamb, and that's the second death. This lamb had seven horns and seven eyes. And of course, we need to remember that John is seeing a vision. It's as if he's dreaming. Jesus is not literally a lamb, and the body of Christ does not have horns or seven eyes. It's symbolic, a symbol of perfection. The horn is used throughout the Bible to symbolize a king ruling on the throne. Seven horns means this lamb is a perfect king. The eyes tell us that the lamb perfectly sees all things. Seven, the perfect number. Both of these should be of great comfort to us. Jesus, our Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, reigns perfectly. He is a good king and a righteous king and one who protects the vulnerable and casts down the mighty, and he sees it all, everything. No injustice is done that he is unaware of. But even more than that, there is no suffering in the world that he doesn't see. If you are hurting, you can know Christ sees you. and. As your king, he is determined to rescue you. And that brings me to a third detail in this little scene in Revelation 5. As the elders fall down before this lamb who is king, they fall down with golden bowls of incense. And the incense tells us that this is worship. But what the incense is makes all the difference. John tells us the incense the prayers of the people of God. Jesus, the Lamb King, sees everything. But more than that, when we pray or sing to him, since song is just a prayer that we sing, it goes beyond him like the incense of worship. He sees us, he hears us, he receives us, our prayers as we worship. All of this is because of his commitment to us and our salvation. When we see him and his goodness, his kingship and his grace, our hearts are drawn to sing. And that's exactly what happens in the scene John saw in Revelation 5. Let me read the rest of the passage to you. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousand times ten thousand. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders. In a loud voice, they were saying, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea 
And all of that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped. So they fell down and sang a new song. Worthy, worthy, worthy. That's our song too. Don't let that get out of your head. Worthy is the lamb and not just any lamb. The lamb who was slain for us. The lamb who rose again to new life. The lamb who is seated upon the throne and will reign over us forever. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Because he reigns victorious. We know we're secure in him. The people of Ukraine are still suffering. The war has taken a a great toll. Many have died. Many have lost their families. Many are feeling exactly like Horatio Spafford, who lost his four children in a tragic ship going down on the sea. Yet the faithful believers in Ukraine are still finding ways to sing. Before we close this program, I want to listen to a powerful song. It was written by Keith and Kristen Getty, but I want you to hear it sung by a Ukrainian family. They're in pain, but they trust the Lord, and they know he will hold them fast.
Getty's music has gone far and wide throughout the world. A Ukrainian family singing, He Will Hold Me Fast. And Saturday night in London at Royal Albert Hall, Keith Getty will join that family towards the end of their singing, and he will play the piano. And at the prom praise, the 50th anniversary edition, He will actually lead thousands of people at the packed-out hall singing that song in English. Well, I hope you can join me. I'm going to be watching it Saturday night. If you'll come to our website, you can buy a ticket. Part of your ticket price comes to us this 50th anniversary of Prom Praise held at Royal Albert Hall. Janet, my wife's going to join me. We're not together, but we're going to watch it from afar, but with each other. And I think you'll enjoy it too when you go to haventoday.org and see the menu that drops down telling you all about it. You can watch it again too, after you've bought a ticket to it as well. And one other thing, if you haven't ordered the In Christ Alone Sing album for the 20th anniversary by the Gettys, we have that as well. You just need to call us, make a gift to the ministry, it's 865 Haven. 865 Haven. Or go to our website when you buy a ticket to Prom Praise. And when you also are there, you can listen to excerpts from Sing in Christ Alone, the CD. Our number is 865 Haven. 865 Haven. And also, by the way, if you still haven't given to Mission Eurasia, and the help that they're doing in Ukraine with food as well as spiritual food, you can still make a gift for that as well on our website or when you call. Let's take a moment and pray together. Dear Lord in heaven, thank you for showing us the power of Revelation 5, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All we can say as we sing and worship is worthy, worthy, worthy. May you show us with your grace as we worship you, giving thanks for the Lord Jesus Christ, who came and died and rose again to set us free from all our sin. 
All we can do, dear Lord, is say thank you. In the name of Jesus, amen. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again next week? When again on Monday, we'll be sharing the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Why do we have this? When was the last time you heard that question? Maybe you were cleaning out the garage, or maybe your streaming TV service went out during a thunderstorm. Whatever the circumstances, it's a question you ask when something seems useless. But you know, sometimes we know exactly why we have something. Take the Gospel of John, for example. The apostle whom Jesus loved tells us exactly why he wrote it. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. Read the Gospel of John. Believe it. Get started with Anchor Devotional today. Visit getanchor.com.